friends reading Twilight books. Right now it is new moon, a decade late and just for fun. This is Bella Swan Song. Hello everyone and welcome back to Bella Swan Song. I'm Lauren. I'm Sarah. In this episode, literally everyone thinks they're a monster. But we might be getting a bit ahead of ourselves. Hey, 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 I'm not getting ahead of ourselves. I'm being vindicated. In these three chapters, our protagonist, Bella Swan, sluice stalks, screams, and scares herself sick. She knows she's alone. And then she sees Laurent, the evil vampire, and has to admit to him that she and Edward broke up. How embarrassing. At the same time, Jacob tells Bella to back off, and Bella immediately blames herself for everything going on with the wolves. Jacob returns to apologize, but Bella is faint and struggles to put together the pieces in his presence. She starts to assume Jacob is a werewolf, and therefore, a murderer. Boy oh boy, have we hit the gas here, folks. Things have just careened wildly off the tracks in these (laughs) chapters. And it's a jackpot for me, because my theory is finally, finally getting some speed. I thought at the beginning of the book that what I thought happened in this book was dead in the water. But now I see I may still be in the running. And why is that? Laurent shows up. Bella basically is really upset because Jacob isn't calling her back. So she decides, as Bella Swan does, to just wander in the woods alone in search of the meadow that Edward once sparkled before her in. And instead of finding Edward, well, I mean, she never thought she was going to find Edward. She does find the meadow. And Laurent, the vampire who previously was part of James's little crew, shows back up and is like, listen, babe. (laughs) First of all, I'm going to eat you. But second of all, if I hadn't eaten you, Victoria would. She's pissed because... Edward killed James, and she thinks that the way to get back is a sort of Hammurabi's code, an eye for an eye. She's going to kill you. And Bella's like, excuse me? And then, all of a sudden, giant wolves show up, but that's totally secondary because this means that Victoria, okay, is back on the scene, which means that my prediction for the ends, or this middle, or some part of his book could still happen. Okay, if both of what we think happened happens in this book, what happens in Eclipse? I don't know. I have no idea, but I'm hoping that we'll get some foreshadowing to help us out. Otherwise, I'm going to have to read a Wikipedia page and then pretend that I haven't read a Wikipedia page. No, no cheating. You'll never be able to tell I'm an impeccable actor. Anyway, yeah, I was delighted. I was delighted to see Laurent show up. I was delighted to see Bella almost get killed by a vampire. And then I was delighted to see these giant freaking wolves come out of the forest and basically chase this vampire away, which Bella spends a lot of time being like, OMG, they're going to die. Why would a vampire be so scared of these wolves? Bella, it's because obviously they're not regular wolves, but it takes her several more chapters to figure that out. And some other shit happens in the meantime. (laughs) Yeah, but she does put her excellent sleuthing skills to work to try and figure. Actually, she does very little sleuthing around the wolves. She just uh, actually utilizes her dad's role as police police chief for the first time ever. (laughs) It's like, dad, I saw some wolves. (laughs) And he's like, they were wolves that jives with what other people have been saying this is dangerous and she was like dad they were real big and he was like 
okay, don't go hiking again. And she agrees not to. But really, instead of sleuthing the wolves, she's sleuthing one Jacob Black. And by sleuthing, I mean, honestly, bordering on stalking. One night she calls his house in 30-minute intervals, and he still won't talk to her. She's getting very upset, so she decides to do a little recon mission. Yeah, she finally just drives to his house, determined to just apparently park in his driveway for maybe days. Like, she doesn't know. She And she didn't even bring anything to do. She's like, I fished some homework out from under the seat. <laughs> and remember that she ripped the stereo out of her car. And this is a pre-cell phone era. So she's just sitting alone in a truck. But she doesn't have to wait long. Because guess who shows up but Mr. Jacob Black with his pack of new friends. His pack of new friends. Interesting choice of words. <laughs> it includes the infamous Sam from before. Who Bella's literally ready to rip his head off. Even though they're all, I should mention, I know that Jacob Black is already clocked in at 6'5", but by the sounds of it, now he's like 6'8". All of them are like 6'8 and totally ripped. <laughs> okay, we've been going on about how the Cullens should become Olympic athletes. What about the Quileute tribe pack? Yeah, Why I mean, are they not immediately? First of all, Australian rules football seems like the perfect sport for them. <laughs> Second of all, basketball, you have to be tall for that. What are other, rowing? They could crush it. Easy. They live on the coast. There's water. Done. Get a boat, gentlemen. Productive use of time and a great way to get out aggression, which it seems like they've got a lot of just as a group. As a group, it seems like they're, it just seems like they haven't really gotten things figured out. And so they're under this sort of secrecy security lock. And Bella tries to talk to Jacob about what's happening and, and sort of thinks that Sam has gotten to him in some way, unclear of how or why. And then Jacob is like pretty mean to her and is basically yeah. like, like, I can't even talk to you right now. Like, go away. Yeah, he needs to frankly back off. It'd be a little nicer, I would say. Um, well, he's going. He is going through a lot. Yeah, but like, look, is Bella just mostly using his friendship for her own gain? Because that's what Bella Swan does. Yes. yes. <laughs> but he could be a nice friend still. At the very least, be like, I can't tell you. Um, I'll call you later. Yeah, but he's not going to... Why lie to someone? He's not going to call her later. Except for then he kind of does. Because he sneaks into her bedroom. He sneaks into her bedroom window via a tree that he's so heavy. He's bending himself down on. Like, the tree is tipping over because of how much he weighs. And then he, like, vaults himself into Bella's window in the middle of the night. And he's like, look... I can't tell you what's going on. And Bella's like, what? And he's like visibly pained through this whole thing. And he's like, look, I can't tell you, but you already know. Think about it. Use your brain, Bella. Bella is immediately then like, oh man, he knows that Victoria is stalking me. That's why he doesn't want to be friends anymore because he knows it's dangerous to be at my house because the vamps are going to come and attack me and everyone I love. Um, once again, it's all about me and my problems. Clearly, right. Jacob's Meanwhile, going through like, something. Several pages earlier, this is a direct quote. His eyes were tortured. I'm not good enough to be your friend anymore or anything else. 
I'm not what I was before I'm not good. <laughs> like, everybody is just so wrapped up in their own, like, I'm so bad and everything about me drives other people away. But Jacob does give her this big hint, which is like, remember this story that I told you about the legends that the, um, the Quileute people told. And then he sort of vaults himself back out of the window. Well, what's funny about his whole thing of like, I'm not good anymore, is that basically he's being like, look, I'm not a human anymore, which we don't know yet, but we're about to find out. So no spoilers here, kids. Um, He's like, I'm not a human anymore, so I'm not good, which is basically the same narrative that Edward pushes all the time. He's like, I'm not a person. I'm an evil creature. Right. So I can't be good. And meanwhile, Bella's like, no, you're totally like, I mean, yeah, you want to kill me with every other breath, but that doesn't bother her at all. Don't worry. You're totally cool. But then at the same time, Bella is sort of going through the same cycle where she's like, I'm not, I'm a destroyed human i'm not good enough like i'm not good either yeah well she thinks both that she's been totally wrecked by edward leaving her and also in this chapter she betrays that she feels like there's some sort of fundamental flaw in her constitution that like draws bad things and bad supernatural things specifically like to happen to her and that that causes her a great amount of anguish and that in a way is also what Jacob and Edward are struggling with because Edward's like well there's some flaw in my constitution in the fundamental makeup of my being that makes me want to eat people and Jacob well I'm not really sure what Jacob's problem is yet because he hasn't explained it but it seems to me like turning into a wolf would be really cool but what do I know a lot of mm-hmm. questions about the wolves well let's wait let's briefly get into how bella figures out that he's a wolf because it's just i'm sorry it's just utter nonsense she literally has all the pieces once again she's done great sleuthing she has like super overt hints from jacob black that i think 10 minutes sitting down and like thinking things through she would have all the data plus she's already seen the wolves but instead, yes. Stephanie Meyer gives us this absurd prophecy dream, which is a recreation of the same dream that she had back in Twilight, funny enough, where she dreamed that Jacob turned into a wolf. Only this time, he turns into the wolf that she saw out in the forest who made eye contact with her before they went and chased away the evil vampire. Which, I mean, is... And then she kind of puts the pieces together. But it's like, I just don't understand what the resistance to having that realization come from Bella's own sort of conscious mind is, especially because she put the pieces together on Edward's vampirism, like in while she was awake, I think. Right. And one would think that would be a greater leap because like she's gone from living in a world where there's no supernatural or magic or anything like that to suddenly believing that one breed of supernatural creature exists. Whereas like now she's already in a place where it's like, she's fully accepted that there are supernatural creatures in the form of vampires. So you would think it wouldn't be that much more of a leap to be like, well, other supernatural creatures must exist or are just as likely to exist as vampires. Right. Right. What other supernatural creatures exist in this world? I mean, it could be anything. Like, literally anything. 
I can't think of another supernatural creature right now. Like, what if each book just added different creatures? Like, what if Eclipse was actually, like, Bella goes out on a sailing voyage and meets some krakens? Okay, that would be sick. Once again, way more exciting than the romance. Well, we can't remember what happens in the next book, so we can't say that Krakens would be more exciting. I mean, in all likelihood, they would be, because what story with a Kraken has ever not been the pinnacle of excitement? But technically, we have to say that the jury is out on that one. I know we talked about this a couple episodes ago, but I just don't totally get what the role of dreams is here, and what Stephanie Meyer is trying to say by using them and what like what the implications are that Bella keeps having the same dreams over and over or that her dreams are somehow prophetic or are giving her information like those just it just seems like that's like a random thing that is getting thrown in and I mean she certainly doesn't need a higher word count on these books let's be honest here so it just in a way I just feel like it's almost like her resistance to saying, and then Bella went to sleep and then she woke up. Like every time Bella goes to sleep, she has a nightmare or some sort of what I like. We get it. She's psychologically tortured. Like, I don't know what other things I'm supposed to be getting from this, or if this is supposed to inform the story or the character or like anything else at all. It just, I don't know. Maybe I'm being short sighted about it. I'm very willing to accept that as a criticism, but I do not understand it. Well, there just seems to be no consistency, right? Like sometimes there are these dreams, like this one with Jacob turning into the wolf, where it's like very clear what it's trying to say. And then other times there are these dreams that are like more seemingly nonsense that aren't really giving us any new information. So it's like, yeah, the role of them is just wildly all over the place. I think also something that we skipped over that we should go back to a little bit is like on this sort of I every I'm a monster, everyone's a monster, blah blah blah. In these chapters, Bella like gets hit with a sudden and incredibly intense desire to be an apex predator and she like has this moment where she is looking at um Sam and she just thinks I wish that I were a vampire. Right. And it's the first time that she's been like, I wish I were a vampire for reasons of maiming and destruction, which seems to be the appropriate reason to become a vampire. I mean that, or again, the philharmonic cheddar or the career as a criminal or your underground European music DJ scene. Just a couple of options. Again, not that the Cullens have taken my suggestions on any of them, but no, instead they're, doing potentially the stupidest things ever which is going directly to a place where they must know that their influence well i don't know do you think that they that dr carlsley knows that when they show up the quileutes are going to start becoming werewolves okay just uh to fill anyone in who hasn't been reading along which by the way hem hello get on the books people but anyway so the myth that jacob told Bella or the not the myth the legend or the story that Jacob told Bella um, on the beach back in book one had to do with the cold people showing up and the Quileute uh, tribe responding to the cold people um, that they're like their greatest enemies are these cold ones and that the the tribe is sort of um, 
descended from wolves and that the cold one is the natural enemy of the wolf. And so the theory here is that when, and Jacob pretty much says this, he's like, well, the reason why this is happening, you don't want to hear it, but it's your precious Cullens. And so put, I mean, this will come together, I think in the book explicitly at some point, but it's very easy to put the pieces together. Like the vampires show up and they trigger something in the Quileute people that reinstates a werewolf uh, pack in, in the community. And for me, I think that there's no way that the Cullens don't know that this is going to happen for several reasons. One, um, if Billy Black can remember, and he knew, remember, he knew that the Cullens were vampires, like back in the first book, without any prompting. If he is a human, only using institutional memory, can put the pieces together then Carlsley who's been alive for freaking hundreds of years and has like perfect recall can put the pieces together and also the vampires are very aware of the territorial delineations like they they know that they are not going to go into the Quileute land in book one so they're obviously aware that something is happening and it just seems to me so monumentally stupid to think yeah these people might turn into werewolves if we show up but hey fuck it life's a risk I need a little adventure I want to go outside and be a high schooler in a place where I can kick a muddy ball around at lunch instead of pretending I'm allergic to the sun. Like, I just don't get it. I just feel like that's, it's inconsiderate. It's wrong. It it betrays, basically, again, all of the moral failings of the Cullen clan. Well, they're like, look, we just want to spice some things up. Maybe we'll go create our natural enemies, but they won't attack us because we're the nice guys, clearly. Well, I think it's more like because we have a, a a statute from back in the day that said if we stayed off their land, we wouldn't have any problems. <laughs> but honestly, like if I were if I were the Quileutes and the Cullens came back, I'd be like, you guys can get stuffed. <laughs> like I would I would not be happy. I mean, I would say the terms of our, you know, contract are null and void and this is all your fault and you have absolutely no respect for other people or the, you know, your effect on the things around you and I don't ever want to see your grimy stupid faces again. Go roll into the trash. That's exactly what I would say verbatim. <laughs> I will say though it doesn't seem like well, Jacob seems like he's struggling a lot, but for the most part, it seems like they're mostly fine. Like, did they choose this? No. But they seem to be able to, like, at the very least, the wolves are enough in control that they're going after the vampire. And they're not, at least when they are when they encounter Bella and Laurent in the meadow, they don't attack Bella. They just attack the vampire. Right. There are, of course, all these hikers that have right. suddenly been going missing and blood found at campsites and stuff so and like the wolves have been spotted or footprints have been found around them which bella takes to mean that the wolves are eating people which she thinks is pretty bad but you know i would i would just say let's not jump to conclusions there 
Right. She doesn't jump to conclusions with Edward. Right. I mean, she's straight up like, Edward will never eat me or another human. Even when he's explicitly like, I will eat you. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, ah, you big joker. No, you won't. And then as soon as, like, hikers are going missing, even though the wolves obviously didn't attack her... She's like, well, they must be human eaters. They must be monsters. They must be the worst of the worst. Like, okay. Also, you would think that if something was natural enemies with another, that they wouldn't go after the same. Like, why would they both kill humans if one of them is the enemy of the other? That to me doesn't track. Right. It just seems like these, like, for werewolves, they seem like they have a pretty good deal compared to a lot of other werewolves. Like, which I think is true to, I guess we don't know that much about the wolves yet. So it's possible that I'm also taking some of my knowledge from reading these the first time. (laughs) To be like, this is what it's like to be the wolves. Because basically all we know so far is that there are wolves that are the size of horses. Sick. And they seem to at least be in enough control that they don't immediately kill Bella. They just go after the vampires. Also, Jacob, when he shows up in Bella's room, like... Jacob isn't, like, uncontrollably being like, I'm going to eat you. He seems, like, pretty normal. Whereas Edward is literally like, I can't be around you. I'm going to eat you. But, like, similarly to with the, the vampires, it's, like, the least messy version of this supernatural creature that Stephanie Meyer could conjure. Because, right? like, yeah, werewolves and a lot of other things are usually, like, they have no control. They turn into monsters. And then it's just, like you better run for the hills because they're going to destroy you. And they like, it's all around control around the moon. And like, if you bite someone, then they also become a werewolf or if you scratch them or whatever. It doesn't seem to be working that way here. I mean, I guess they are also in a community that like is accepting their nature, which is key. But that's also, I mean, that's also another thing is they're living in a community of humans. And if they were uncontrollably eating humans, the people who would be most likely to be eaten would be the people in their immediate vicinity. And those people have not been killed. And also, it's like very clear that not every single member of um, the tribe is has turned into a werewolf like for example it's very clear that billy hasn't right it seems to be just a like small subset also i forgot to mention this last episode but just like brief just briefly just briefly jacob has a sister it's mentioned in one line in this book like i have so many questions including where is she what and just a bunch of question marks that meme where it's that like blonde woman looking around and all those math shapes are floating that's that was like me when i read that i was like who what now as bella might say holy crow (laughs) holy crow indeed I'm really excited to get into the mythology of the werewolf here because I think that there was a lot of interesting, um, and by interesting, I mean just like just filled with gaping holes, <laughs> um, much like Bella, who describes herself as a piece of Swiss cheese. Um, there was just a lot of gaping holes in the way that like vampires were presented and their sort of like dilemmas and things like that. And so I think that there's going to be a quite quite an interesting quite an interesting thing coming up with 
the werewolves. And I also am interested to see, I just, now I'm just dying of curiosity as to whether or not like Victoria is going to show up and whether or not we're actually going to get what we know we're going to get what Spears suggested, right? That the running across the thing in Italy or whatever, because that's what's in the preface. But I just can't see a way that this book could wrap up with that and have Victoria have not shown up at all. And she shows up like in the third book. And like, that's the whole plot because there's no reason to drop that in the middle of this book. If it's not going to come to a head, except for the fact this is Stephanie Meyer. We're talking about, but she didn't drop anything in the middle of the last book that didn't come to a head. That's true. I mean, aside for little things about the, the Quileute tribe. But that was like yeah, but little that hints. Was, again, that was that was foreshadowing. That was that was being clever. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just feel like all basically she's been, you know, regardless of how you feel about Stephanie Meyer or these books. And I, you know, I said it in the last episode and I'll say it again. I think, you know, she's really she's pulling pieces of the puzzle together in a fairly interesting way, especially in the pacing of this book as compared to the last one. But this whole big picture, it's like, you know, the first book was like, we just had this little part of the jigsaw puzzle. And now all of these new pieces are on play and they're in the board. And we're kind of seeing them, you know, continue to come together. And, you know, it's like, why would you drop in a different color piece that doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the puzzle? If you can't fit that piece somewhere in the puzzle right away, then what do you do? You throw it out. You don't pay attention to it. You move it to the side. That's not how I think we've seen her sort of build this plot. Right, right. No, it will be intriguing indeed. Well, at least now, though, Bella has at least some friends, one friend, who can maybe help protect her as opposed to being left just all on her own in the hopes that no vampires ever encounter her again, which is apparently what the Cullens have done. Right. Just, right. This, this is just idiots. They're just, I can't, they're just, I can't, I can't say enough bad things about them right now. And part of that is that I think we're missing their perspective in all of this other than Edward's weird sort of voice in Bella's head. But it's like, you know, what were they thinking? What are they doing? Is Alice seeing all of this happen? Like, why did nobody think that this was a possibility? Or like, why did the Cullens think that they could show up and not have the werewolves show up? Or if, if the werewolves sort of came as a response to the vampires, did they think like, oh, we don't have to take any response? Like, what? just there's so many loose ends that they just, again, it just seems like the, their, their MO is like, we don't care about other people. Um, I do have a question for you about that, though. If we were to get edward's perspective like if we were to get new moon a la edward aka midnight sun book two how much more insufferable do you think edward's internal monologue is about how depressed he is compared to bella's oh god i mean honestly do you think his family has kicked him out it would be worse. It would be worse because his would be tinged with a lot more. This would have never happened to me if I weren't such a despicable creature. But also, again, I maintain that it's very weird that if it, that's his feelings about being a vampire, he would stick around the vampire who made him a vampire. Because if that was me, I'd be like, you ruined my life. And then I would battle Carlsley to the death. Not enough battling to the death. I mean, 
Not nearly enough. We've only gotten, to be fair, one battle to the death recorded in the book, and it was James, and we basically missed it because Bella Swan was, like, dying of blood loss. <laughs> we want more murder. We need more murder, and actually we might get it because the next chapter is is named Killer. So we're going to get to that. Um, the next three chapters are Killer, Family, and Pressure. So we shall see. We shall see what happens. But Killer suggests to me a murder. It just, it seems like those two go hand in hand. But I guess, is it the wolves that are murdering? <laughs> Maybe Bella Swan <laughs> will go on a murder. <laughs> is it a rogue human? <laughs> is this Charlie Swan gone off the rails? He's actually a serial killer. He has been this whole time. He's not <laughs> Fishing with Harry Clearwater. He's going into the woods and picking off hikers one by one. And that also explains why he's such a bad parent. He's a psychopath. We'll be sure to let you know. Catch you next time.